Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Follow Cap J Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Along with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride on this Monday morning with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going. And ladies and gentlemen, I know that last week it was Courtney and Jay Hood and me doing my solo act, but we've got a... A young upstart here. I think you're really going to enjoy him. He's uh, a kid from Skokie, uh, very knowledgeable on the sports landscape. You're going to love him, everybody. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the David Kaplan. David, welcome to the show. How are you? Yaman, yeah, good to be back with you. <laughs> a young upstart, David Kaplan here from Skokie, Illinois. Here he is, everybody, fresh from Jamaica. My brother, how are you? Got tan. Yeah, got more than ten. <laughs> Didn't know who it was coming in here. My God, George Hamilton, everybody. That was fun, man. Oh, so nice to be away and great to be back. My phone's blowing up out there. Yeah, who's calling you? Friends of mine who work in the NFL. My college buddy who scouts in the league. He's like, dude, a lot of smoke. Mm-hmm. A lot of smoke on Justin Fields. And you said on the other hand, yes, I'm in Jamaica. There's a lot of smoke here, too. There is. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was, man. Yeah, man. I, I need the Rasta mom had to come by. Could you just give us a little bit, as we go into the Bears, could you just give us just some sights and sounds? Because a lot of people here are locked in here to Chicago. And, and by the way, it's not been bad while you've been away. It's been actually pretty good. This will be the best winner that we've had in a long time. Yes, sir. A very long no time. No matter what happens the remaining few weeks. Brother. It's been an amazing winter. Now, we might get 10 snow outs in April, but I'm just telling you right now, it's been really nice, Cap. It's been a terrific winter. I've got no complaints. But could you just give us just give us some warm air? Just give us, some, just give us an idea of what that's like. Because a lot of us have not been to Jamaica. I haven't been. Never? Nope. Not yet. I mean, working this power shift now, so now I can afford it. That's it. <laughs> so we were in Montego Bay. Yes. 15 minutes from the airport. Uh, 87 and sunny every day. 87. Now, now, listen, you and I like a nice small airport. Now, what's that airport like? Big? Took, took us an hour to get through customs. Mm. Not horrible. I thought it'd be worse when I saw the line. Mm-hmm. Not horrible. Hmm. Actually got off the plane. Made our way through, and it wasn't terrible. Medium size, big size, small, uh, fairly small airport. Small airport. Oh, nothing like a good small. Now, there's an there's a up and down with that, right? You like a small airport because you think you can get right through it, right? Small airport also denotes that, hey, maybe it's not a lot of people working there. So they're not real organized there. Uh-huh. We land, and they said, bags for this flight will be on Carousel 4. Sure. Great. Standing there. We've already got through customs. Yeah. And it's 15 minutes. It's 20 minutes. I said, dude, when is Chicago coming in? Because it took us a while to get through customs. He said, brother, those bags are off the plane already. I said, there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's standing there. And one guy. I see him wheeling his bag. I'm like, brother, where'd you get your bag? He said, they're down on carousel seven. Oh, the wrong carousel. It was like a stampede. Oh. Went running over there. Oh. Hey, here's our bags. <laughs> so you're just looking at a, a carousel just spinning with nothing. Correct. Just, just spinning around and around waiting for something, right? Like the, the record spinning. Correct. And there's nothing there. And then finally you had to go down to the other place. Okay, so you paint the picture of a, a decent, si- you know, decent small airport, but a little unorganized. 
little unorganized. Okay, so how do you get from the airport to your place of residence? Okay, so we booked a car service. Yeah, Darwin? We, we uh, yeah, the, the uh, Jamaican version of Darwin. Ah, I see. And... The guy said, "I will." He sent us an email. I will be waiting outside as soon as you come out of customs with your bags, ah. and I'll hold the sign up. Kaplan, Kaplan. That's uh-huh. what it'll say. Hello, done. Uh-huh. There's 250 of those guys out there. 250 Kaplans? No. Oh, 250 signs. <laughs> that's Smith, that's Jones, Hood, right. Norling, Moore. They're all there. <laughs> right. No Kaplan. I call the number. Goes right to voicemail. Call this number if it's an emergency voicemail. Uh-huh. Hell of an emergency. Uh-huh. They did call me back two days later. The emergency hotline. <laughs> two days later, okay. Like 20 minutes later. Finally, I see the guy. I'm like, dude, I've walked around here. Where you been? I got hungry and went to get a snack. <laughs> That's the best. He went to get a snack. <laughs> hungry. Uh-huh. Okay. Bought a couple beers. Red Stripe. Uh-huh. Of course. And got in the little, like the van. Mm-hmm. Took us to where we were staying. Mm-hmm. Never left for a week. It's great. It's awesome. So, plenty of time in the pool. Yes. And I always say in these places, Cap, and I only can only relate to St. Kitts and St. Martin. Just, you never see water so blue. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then we played bags. They had bags there. Yeah. You know, cornhole game. Yep. You're looking at the champion. I just destroyed my wife. Oh. And I, she thinks she's like the champ at it. Yes. Yes. So I roll in here waiting for my jewelry, my ring. Oh, I see. You're looking for a championship ring. ring. Yes. So you're playing cornhole with your wife. Yes. Yes. That's good. And you're the champion. Yes. Okay. That's not a surprise. There you go. Yep. So it was fun. <laughs> Had a good time. It was nice to be away. Nice to lay in the sun. Now, let's get to the TV. Mm-hmm. You turn the TV on any time you were Did there? Not. Not one second. Didn't even turn on the TV. Not even. For, yeah, I take that back. We watched the Super Bowl. Yes. And that so, and and what was the coverage like after that? You turn on. How about the local news there? Boom mic in the background. <laughs> no, Hello, Mon. Give me, give, give me the local news. Give me a little uh, Hey Mon local news. Well, I said this to one of the guys there. I said, any players in the NFL from Jamaica? He said, I don't think so. I said, well, you got Christian Okoye. He's like, he's from Nigeria, man. I'm like, oh, sorry. Be careful. <laughs> I thought he was from Jamaica. I don't like that down there. Correct. Please be careful. He said his name is the Nigerian Nightmare. Sorry. He's not from Jamaica. <laughs> sorry. He's not one of ours, Cap. I beg your pardon. That's it. Sorry. That's it. So, again, I, but I needed you to be able to turn on that local news. Never did. We always do turn on the show when we go someplace. I did a really good job other than doing my little recap stuff that I do. Yes. Other than that, I was not... Big on social media. I didn't post pictures from vacation yet. Mm-hmm. I've been, I was good. Yes. Read. I'm reading Stephen A. Smith's new book. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, checked in on the news on my iPad a little bit, and that was it. Yes. Now, how about your hits in uh, St. Louis and Des Moines? Did you take care of those two? No Do hit those? in St. Louis. No? Des Moines? And Des Moines, they called and the phone wouldn't ring through. <laughs> the cell service isn't great out there. Now, see, this is, again, this is what I, I keep telling you. Again, you don't listen to me because, I don't know, I'm just your partner. I spent all this time with you, so why would you listen? I told you, Cap, you're on vacation. Vacation. Vacation means just to shut it all down. Don't worry about what's going on at the station. Don't worry about what's going on. I mean, it's, it's you and Mindy in paradise. But there you are, breaking down the Bulls. I mean, there's... I watched every second of every Bulls game they played. But that's fine. But you, but you don't need that angst on vacation. And then on my iPad, that uh, NBA app. Yes, yes, yes. It's very good. Dream the Bulls. I understand, Cap. But I mean, it's vacation. You don't need any angst on vacation. Why did you turn that on? You knew what was going to happen. You see, you put on, you put on sports for entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of this. It's like. Any person that's listening here that says, oh, man, I got this nine to five. I got the kids. I've got family drama. I got all these bills. They just want to have three hours or four peace. hours that's carved out for entertainment. Yeah. For peace. Not you on vacation and mad about the Bulls. Who screams at the top of their lungs about how bad the Bulls are in paradise? Only you. You woke up that city. By being mad at the Bulls. <laughs> Everyone else is walking around high. Everybody's just moving slowly because, you know, after all, 87 degrees and sunshine. 
Everyone's having a good time. A little red stripe here, a little jerk chicken here. Everyone's having a good jerk, time. Jerk chicken's really good. But not you, Cap. Nope. You're right there in Jamaica, and you're yelling about the Bulls. And people are saying, what is wrong with him, man? What is the matter with you? <laughs> and they're mad at you. The Bulls are terrible. Take that. You're in Jamaica, man. Oh, that's right. Here's the best part. What's the Saturday- matter with you? So last Saturday, we're leaving. We're at the airport. Flight's on time. We're sitting there. My wife turns to me. Honey, put in a same-game parlay for me for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. She said, do you have any in? Yeah. I've got like 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got this one with Kelsey and this one with that. And she said, like, you want me to help you make the picks? She said, no. I'll do myself. She, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. Travis Kelsey touchdown. Jalen Hurts touchdown. Chiefs money line to win. Total over 50 and a half. And I think she had, she's reading an article, and Doug Kazarian had said, Kenneth Gainwell on Waddle and Sylvie, he said it, over four and a half carries. She didn't fade that, huh? And she put it in. Uh-huh. 20 to 1. She's like, here's $100. Mm-hmm. I want you to put $100 on that for me. Yes. I'm like, you're going to bet $100 at 20 to 1. You got no shot. Just put my 100 in. Mm-hmm. She gives me the money. Sure. Of all the same game parlays that I had going, mm-hmm. all the action that I had going on that Super Bowl, the only ticket that cashed, hers. There it is. I went to points bet yesterday and got her money for her. Here you go. Yep. But I wasn't stupid. I make the play for her. I screenshot the ticket. I send it to her. We're talking $2,000. Yeah. I'm like... If she wins on this and I don't have it, I'll never hear the end of it. Yep. Give me a second ticket. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. On the same thing. Same. Yeah. Very smart. Here's your money, Mindy. That's right. Because you know she'd be, hanging, that? she'd be hanging that over your head the entire time. Oh. I won and you didn't. You wouldn't want to hear. I mean, it'd be forever you'd hear about that. I'm a better gambler than you. You know that's what happened, right? Oh, 100%. That's, oh, just... I mean, never mind about not taking the garbage out on time or when she asks you to come in the room, you're there, you know, I don't know, five seconds late. Yeah. Never mind about that. The ticket? Oh, my God. What a crush. <laughs> crush. <me. laughs> it's so, unbelievable. So I'm glad you had a good got time. Got me back to even for the. Well, I understand, Cap, but I mean, again, watching the Bulls on vacation, no shot. When I'm out of here in March, you know what I'm going to be doing? Turn off the Bulls. I won't be doing that. I'm going to go on vacation, not worry about that team. They don't care. Why should we care? How about DeMar? DeMar can't play for us last week as we're fighting for our lives to get in a playoff tournament. And DeMar DeRozan, oh, all-star game? Yeah, I'm in. Coach, I'm good. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. That, to be fair, you or I could have played in that game last night. I did not watch. No, that, that that was horrible. I think that's just a microcosm of a number of issues with the league that we'll talk about within the framework of our show. But Ganja wasn't the only smoke that Cap saw last week. Uh, what did he hear about Justin Fields? Again, vacation, but still working. We will uh, talk a little bit about Justin Fields coming up next. And also, we have a very special guest coming up at 835. We'll tell you about it coming up next. Captain J. Hood, this young David Kaplan. You're going to love him. From Skokie, young broadcaster. He's part of the show now, and he's with us on Chicago's Home for Sports. All right, take it. Right to commercial. <laughs> That's why I say Shot, no shot. With Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I say Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. At this time every day, we give you a shot of no shot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Good morning, boys. Hoodie, Kaplan. Kaplan, a pleasure to see you again after your week in Jamaica. Good to be back. A little uh, deeper pigmentation from, from Cap this morning, Hood. Yes, we have the same pigmentation. Both of them very <laughs> deep. Maybe not quite the same, but oh, well, he's I, getting there. I don't know. I'm working, working with Steph Curry today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Drake. <laughs> it's like Degrassi Drake here. That's right. That's right. We bad. I'm just telling you. And I'm back. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cap, I'm glad to see you're back. I, enjoyed, to be back. I enjoyed watching your many 
many, many recaps last week well, while you were on vacation. Well, that's what I get on him about. I mean, he's just, it's not a full vacation. He's still doing what he loves. But at the same time, though, man, you got to get away from this nonsense, especially stuff that aggravates you. Don't need that. The Bulls? Please. I don't know if you've heard this or not. We've turned the page on them. Still got to do my job, baby. No, you know I'm saying, like, on the show, like, we're done. We're not spending any time with this nonsense. Absolutely not. Unless Westbrook comes. Because that means the circus is in town. And that's not happening. Well, okay, then we're done. Because if he comes, it's telling me he could care less about winning. Right. That's four or five teams in, in less than six years? No shot. No. I mean, everything he's done throughout his career, this is besides the point, but everything he's done throughout his career tells me he can care less about winning as long as he gets his triple-double. Who cares? Here, Shay Norman. All right, got to start with one that's um, honestly a little bit sad. Jonathan Taze made an announcement over the weekend. I'll just read it here. First of all, thank you to the fans and all of those who have shown concern about my absence. I'm still dealing with symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. It has been really challenging to play through these symptoms in the last few weeks. It's reached the point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on getting healthy. I'm thankful for the patience and support of my teammates, the coaching staff, and the entire Blackhawks organization. The Blackhawks came out over the weekend and announced... He will not be traded. He's been taken off the trade market. Priority number one ahead of the deadline now is Tay's health and really his future. But my question, shot or no shot, when you hear this, Jonathan Tay's is, is done playing hockey. Now, that's a no shot. I mean, he's going through it right now, Cap, but I don't say that he's done with hockey. I think it's just sad because for a while, remember this, this time last year we were talking about this, we were in the dark of what was going on with him. And so now we come to find out, I think he'll play again. Just won't be the same effective player that we once knew. I will say it's a shot that he never plays hockey again. He has nothing left that he has to prove. He was an amazing captain, an amazing leader, an incredible hockey player. He's a Hall of Famer. He won three Stanley Cups. I think it's a shot that he, I believe, built a home in Costa Rica Mm -hmm. that he goes off to Costa Rica and you don't hear a lot from him. Well, you're not going to hear a lot from him anyway. He's Captain Serious. He is Captain Serious. Could you imagine him in Costa Rica? You talk about polar opposites. Hey, what's going on? Can I get the papaya? (laughs) 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 Just dull as balls. But but a great player, though. Yeah. Hall of Famer. I absolutely could see that being a shot. Shay. Well, we haven't talked a lot about the Blackhawks trade deadline, but this does kind of put it under the microscope. And there's a lot of reporting out there now that... Patrick Kane may not be traded ahead of the trade deadline. So shot or no shot, I mean, failing to trade both of them, it's kind of a failure, even if it's out of your hands with Taze. Well, let's, let's talk about this, Cap. You and I have talked about, and I don't know if this comes from Pat Boyle or, or someone on the inside with the Blackhawks. Wasn't there a time that we talked about how Taze and Kane did not want to get traded here? They, they, they didn't want to get traded. They want to stay in Chicago. Did we talk about that? There was speculation, but Pat has always been my go-to hockey guy on that stuff here this season. And Pat has been pretty clear that he thought by the deadline, again, Taves' health is a different story, that Kane would no longer be here. They want to stay or no? Didn't we talk about that? They have never, never really said. Okay. Contracts are up. I truly believe Patrick Kane's going to get traded. I heard this morning that the Rangers are really interested and Toronto's really interested. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but if, if you're the Blackhawks, Kane has done yeoman's work. Three Stanley Cup championships, an all-time great. As you've said, maybe the best American hockey player that we've ever seen. Yes. So I think it's time for him to be in a different sweater for the Patrick playoff push. last night, too. What's that again? Hattrick last night, too. Yeah. Four, four points. Four points, correct. So I would say it would be egregious if they don't trade him for something, for a younger asset. But again, he he controls it. Right. And I'm a big Patrick Kane fan, but he controls all of it. He has a no-movement clause. So if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he's not going anywhere. I mean, that, that could be the case, Cap. I just think that for him, if he's interested in getting a Stanley Cup, you go someplace else. It's not happening here. He's not. See what happens when you don't have a good team around you. Like, who doesn't like K's and Tays when they're healthy and upright? Not a draw if your team stinks. Correct. Not a draw, and they're great players. Shay. All right, quick football question. Then we will get to 
what we saw last night in the NBA. Former NFL general manager Jeff Diamond published an article over the weekend citing the Bears' struggles in 22. He acknowledged that Matt Eberflus had little to work with, and Diamond added that with an expected, quote, influx of talent this offseason, Eberflus should be on the hot seat if things go poorly again in 2023. Shot or no shot, Eberflus already should be on the hot seat. (laughs) Come on, Cap. No shot. No shot. Hot seat? No. The Bears could have really been able to do some Cubs... Epstein magic, right? All right, you know what? Eberflus, thanks so much. You know what? You got the the team in the right direction. Justin Fields has developed. Get out. Sean Payton, get in there. You could have done that if you really thought that you're pretty close. Correct. They didn't do that. He will not be on the hot seat next year, first of all. That's a no shot. They have the worst roster in the National Football League. There is not a, as far as I know, a grove of trees up in Lake Forest where you go, <clears throat> excuse me, which row is the wide receiver tree? Let me pluck two of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are the left tackle trees? I'm going to get one of those. Where's the center tree? I need a beautifully developed set. Huh. That doesn't exist. It does not exist. It's a no shot. But please put that question in for 2024. Now, if you said they go spend a significant amount of cap space, they make a couple of stew trades, they add talent, they get a little better next year. 2024, you better take a step, right? Yes, and I don't want the Jed one splash, by the way, with the money. Jed, spend the money, spend the money. Oh, you want me to spend the money? Okay, here's Dansby. I want more than that. Oh, Sox, spend the money, spend the money. Oh, you want to spend it? Here's Ben Nintendi. Uh, you got to do more than just one cap. Got to keep adding on. All right. This is, I'm not asking, I don't think the Bears are going to make significant changes here with free agency. They have all the money in the world to spend, but it can't be just a one off. It can't be just one guy. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. don't hoard the money. Make the team better. You got money to spend. Signi- you're, you're light years away from Atlanta. But aren't don't you? spend just to spend. No, get quality. If it's out there. Yeah. I need that, I need that line fixed. Offensive line and defensive line. It's one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. I'm just telling oh, you. Oh, that defense, the Bears' defense, is a, just a joke. That Dallas game, it still runs in my – I still think about that from time to time. I'm sitting in an Austin bar drinking a Lone Star beer, Peacock and I. I'm looking up, and I'm like, how are they scoring on us? It's almost like the Bears made some business decisions in that game. And you Correct. know what I mean? Yes. Like, what the hell's going on I'm not here? tackling that. But then Fields is all, it was spectacular. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but like we're scoring, but we're giving it up on the other end just as quick as we're scoring. Like, okay, I can't take this. I can't take Arena League football in the NFL. Stop. It's an awful, awful roster. Awful. God, it still runs in my head, Shay, that Dallas game. The how many points they were surrendered in that game. It was so bad. What was the score? Forty nine to twenty. Is Tony Pollard still running, brother? It's one of the worst defenses of my lifetime. The Bears, the, the whole the hallmark of the Bears is running the football and playing defense. It was so bad. I was so disgusted walking out of that bar. Shay, all right. The NBA All Star Game was last night. Uh, Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron one eighty four to one seventy five. Arm burner. There were over 190 points scored in the first half of this game. If you watched it, it was defense is optional and maybe even less than that. It was more just if somebody has the ball and wants to drive to the rim, get out of the way. It was a layup line. My question, shot or no shot, time to do away with the NBA All-Star game. That's a shot. You can get rid of all of the freaking All-Star games as far as I'm concerned. They're boring Nobody cares. Awful. Dump them all. Out. We'll have an announcement. Hey, so-and-so's an all-star. Congratulations. Here's your bonus. That's it. Well, first of all, the all-star game is, for me, is, you know, when they play it, all I'm concerned about is who's going to be on what team. I haven't watched an all-star game in years. And I'm a guy that used to do the post games for those all-star games, Cap, on Sirius XM. I used to like, okay, I don't care about what's happening in the game. And I'm not sure people should care about what's happening in the game. You know why? Because it's an exhibition. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less what happens with all these all-stars is because I know they're not going to play defense. I know they're not. 
they're out there to be able to show how far they can shoot the ball from three, all their you know great dunks. So it's an exhibition. So I so for me, I couldn't care less what happens in the All Star game. You know what I watched? I watched the selections. That was more interesting to me. And to me, it's kind of weird that they go with the reserves first. That's a mistake. Well, who's going to be last of the reserves? Well, here's the disrespect, the thing that bothered me the most. Not the game. Couldn't care less about that. Jokic is one of the last guys that was selected amongst the starters. No, hold on a second. This guy could be a three-time MVP. And this is what the league thinks of him? The players. Jokic, it was, I think it was Jokic, and then it was marketing was last to be chosen. Okay, fine. Jokic is one of the last people picked from either Team LeBron or Team uh, Giannis. That's disrespectful. You don't. You wouldn't want to have a great player that can give you. I don't know twenty assists in this game. Lebr- a, guy, a guy can score twenty points. You don't want that guy. LeBron was too busy recruiting Anthony Edwards. I mean, and we took first. I mean, that's all I. Hey, this is all I think about. Right when LeBron makes these choices, I'm like, I know these are players that he likes and would love to play with. But for Jokic, if you notice at the end, it was Jokic and marketing, and it's those two are sitting down, and Jokic stood up. He's like, he went right over to LeBron. He wasn't chosen. He just walked over there. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to be picked last. So Jokic, one of the best players, if not the best player in the league, and he's chosen almost last? He's a hell of a player, man. Holy bleep. Completely disrespectful, though, to Jokic. Probably right. Completely disrespectful, Shay. But as far as the All-Star game is concerned, I mean, I mean, it's nothing for me to get upset about because, what, we haven't seen this for the last decade? And there's nothing the NBA could do to fix it, except remove it. You know what they should do? And this is such a ridiculous outside-the-box thing by me, but it's just ban layups. Dunk or shoot the ball, something fan. Ban layups. If you're going to run to the rim with people getting out of the way and just finger roll it in off the glass, what? I mean, that's not even a display of your talent. That's just a free two points. And it's not anything anybody wants to watch. Did you, watch, did you take the over? Or? I took the under. Okay, and then what happened? <laughs> it soared. Uh-huh. It was the highest scoring All Star game I think ever. Yeah. Jason Tatum had fifty five points, but Hood, I could have gone out there and scored ten. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about a, a great game from the All Star game. It's here's the two ones, the, the two All Star games that are true. Cap, you can't lollygag in baseball. You can't just be up there. Say, for instance, you're at third base. You got your arms folded. <laughs> Line drive right off the guy's head. Right. You got to be ready in baseball. You got to be ready to play. Hockey the same way. Yeah, you can kind of casually skate, but and nobody's going to check you. Yeah, yeah but you, you know what? You also don't want to trip up and get hurt. So you actually got to play because you don't know if there's going to be a, a, a soaring puck to your skull. Correct. So those are the two. Basketball, football, no shot. Awful. No, but I mean, but it, it's nothing for me to watch, though. I already know. Like, I, unless you just was going to tune in and say, they're not playing defense. Well, yeah, water's wet. They're not playing defense. Stop. But that's where, like, if you just erased all-star games from sports, tomorrow we wake up, poof, they're no all No one gone. cares. I wouldn't miss them. No. I would not miss no any one, of them. We took our kids and our grandson to dinner last night, and my son said, Garrett, goes, hey, you know the all-star games tonight, Yeah, so. That doesn't matter. Not watching that. that doesn't matter. As soon as I saw the selections and how they were picked, I went right over to Your Honor on Showtime. What a great show that is. I was two behind. I caught up last night. So I'm just starting season two. I won't tell you about it. I did the same thing. I, as soon as uh, the, the, like, I think 15 minutes into the game, maybe, because I was just waiting for the show to start, my wife and I watched The Last of Us on HBO. I had no interest in watching the All-Star game. Season one of Your Honor was oh, phenomenal. Oh, 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 oh. It is, it is, uh, it is uh, wonderfully New Orleans. All those spots you see on that show. Like, I know that spot. I know that spot. I know that street. It's very... Very, very good show. Really good. So that's what, that, but that's what I watched last night. Sports, no shot. Really, good. I got my fill of college basketball. I just want to see what the selections were. Who, who LeBron's going to tamper with? Then I was done. Seven o'clock. Your Honor, done, done. Because because there's no need to to hate watch something that I know that I'm not going to like. And you know I'm a basketball guy. You know I love basketball, but not that. it's awful give me to give me to the regular season game i want to watch and then give me to the playoffs and move on but that i'm not watching that it's awful it's an exhibition and 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 again there's nothing for the commissioner to do what's he gonna do about it nothing rules changes are coming to baseball and we're here from uh, pedro crafal the white Sox manager so let's talk a little bit about these rules changes they're out there we'll talk about it also theo epstein coming up at 835 cap and jay hood 
Mornings, 7 to 10. Here's today's headlines with Captain Jay Hood. DeMar DeRozan totaled 16 points in the NBA All-Star game last night, Chicago. He says he's going to return to action for the Bulls at home against Brooklyn. The Blackhawks tallied a win over Toronto last night, 5-3. to The United Center, Patrick Kane, he recorded a hat trick uh, to go with an assist in the victory. Jonathan Taves has been taken off the trade market after announcing that he's still dealing with symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. The UIC Flames, go Flames! They defeat Valparaiso yesterday by the score of 74-73. to Jay Moore. Welcome back to Captain Jay Hood Experience. Weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. So baseball's going to look a little different this year. Bigger bases, no shifting, and one of the men tasked with trying to fix baseball with these rule changes former Cubs president, our friend, Theo Epstein, and he joins us now here on Captain J. Hood. Theo, is it weird waking up not having to go to spring training camp? <laughs> it is weird. You know, this time of year, I've been waking up and thinking like I forgot something or, you know, that old dream about going to school, forgetting you had a test. It feels that way, not being in spring training. Um, you know, October also, you feel like you're missing something, draft, trade deadline, but I'm getting used to it and, uh, you know, staying connected to the game, um, which is important to me. So you had said to me a a while ago that as you went through all of this Moneyball era and all analytics and everything, we've got to fix the game that maybe all of us who did all that were responsible for. Did you feel a personal responsibility to get involved in doing what you're doing now? I thought it was important that, that we get out in front of the changes because, you know, the game, the game's been changing a lot the last, the last 20 years or so. And as you mentioned, you know, front offices and people like me were partly responsible, you know, a lot of these optimizations trying to put your players in a position, put your team in a position to win a few more games worked in that regard, but they didn't work in terms of putting the most entertaining product out there. And I don't feel guilty about it because that was my job as a GM was try to win as many games as I can. But sure, I feel, you know, part of the part of the responsibility and I, and I care about the game. So I just think it makes a lot of sense and, and credit to the commissioner and the owners and the players for, for recognizing this, that the game's going to change regardless. And so be intentional about it. You know, 20 years ago, we never would have set out to design a game that ended up where we are today, you know, with the league hitting 243, with the strikeout rate across the league higher than Bob Gibson's strikeout rate, with, you know, generational lows and triples, doubles, and stolen bases that's been diving plays, the types of plays that, that you know, fans love the most. Um, you know, so it, it's our responsibility to, to, to make the adjustments and go through the, the, the adjustment period to get the best possible version of baseball out there for the fans. Theo, I, I know that from your standpoint and for Cap and I as fans, we want to see the game modernized, but what have you heard from younger fans on what they want in baseball? Some of these machinations are pretty much to be able to cater to the younger fan, is it not? Yeah, to, to an extent you're right. Um, our numbers aren't where they should be with younger fans, and that's that's such an important demographic for the future of the game um you know younger fans who've who've grown up um consuming their entertainment and their sports in a different way and grew up with iphones and grew up with fast-paced video games tend to just want more action uh and less dead time um more more athleticism on display um you know shorter games faster paced games quicker moving games and and that's actually that's that's actually true across generations you know even you know, not everyone's going to answer the exact same way, but on average, what fans like, their favorite plays, what I just listed, triples, doubles, stolen bases, diving plays, plays with a, a lot of action, a lot of motion, uh, a lot of suspense. Fans' least favorite events during the course of the game, and this cuts across generations, things that involve dead time, you know, pitching changes, mound visits, um, periods when there's nothing going on. So the, the pitch timer is really designed to just give fans more of what they like, which is action and ball and play action, and, and less of what they don't like, which is dead time. And it should help with younger fans as well. What is the next great frontier then? If all of these changes work 
and you start to see more of the game that you would have designed 20, 25 years ago. Is medical science the next great frontier? We've seen pitch labs. The Cubs have had success with this pitch lab philosophy that a lot of teams are using. What is the next great frontier? Well, it depends how, what perspective uh, you're answering from. If you're, if you're talking about wins and losses uh, and, and, and what teams are, are going to be doing to push the envelope and try to squeeze out a, a few more W's, that's one answer. And if you're talking about it from the league standpoint and making sure we continue to put the best product possible on the field for our fans and allow them to engage in it um, in as many ways as possible, it's, it's sort of a different answer. <laughs> I, I've worn both hats now, so it depends what you're looking at. I mean, from a team standpoint, you know, I guess I guess the one the one element that that um, both those perspectives have in common is player safety, which you just identified. You know, from a team standpoint, if you can figure out a way to keep pitchers, you know, even say ten percent healthier uh, than we have now, that's worth a lot of wins and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and player safety is also at the forefront of of what the league is trying to do is trying to achieve with with rule changes because you know we recognize our product is the players we have the greatest players in the world and keeping them on the field keeping them healthy ensuring that they have long careers and can be out there entertaining our fans is, is really important to us so there is a player safety uh element and and say for instance the bigger bases you know which provide more room for for base runners and fielders to avoid each other uh, on plays around the bases when we when we tested that in the minor leagues and over 8,000 games, we saw about 30% fewer uh, collisions and injuries near the bases. So yeah, player safety is important, but as far as, as far as, you know, like the next great innovation from a competitive standpoint, <laughs> that's being researched right now in 30 different organizations. And from a league standpoint, it's all about figuring out what the fan, how the fan of tomorrow is going to um, watch sports, engage in sports, participate in sports. Some some of it has to do with, you know, the metaverse and Web three and it, the way we the way we relate to sports is going to look a lot different ten years from now. And so, trying to stay ahead of the curve and meeting fans where they are is really important. Theo Epstein with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN One Thousand and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Theo, we've seen this before, which is the pitch clock. Okay, we've seen this how it's the letter of the law in April, and by the time we get to Memorial Day. You know, umpires forget about this. So how can baseball hold umpires accountable to the pitch clock, not just through Memorial Day, but all season through the playoffs where this pitch clock really is a thing? Yeah, it's, it's completely different this time. Um, in, in, in the past, uh, the, the you know, pitch, pitch uh, timing enforcement has basically been a suggestion, and, and the way it was enforced – uh, the way the way pace of game violations were enforced in the past was sort of a letter to the players from the commissioner's office, you know, warning them, and then ultimately giving fines, progressive fines that you know were really just pennies in the in the big picture, given what guys are making. So now now it's totally different. Now now it's you know part of the fabric of the game itself. You know, pitch clock and pace of game violations are going to be enforced. From the first pitch of spring training on, um, umpires are responsible for that. There's actually an additional league staff member called the field timing coordinator who's going to be up in the box in communication with the umpires in charge of the clock. Um, and the umpire and the, and the field timing coordinator work together to make sure they're enforced. And the penalty is an automatic ball and an automatic strike. And I was in the Arizona Fall League when we enforced this for the first time and uh, watched as, you know, um, one of the top prospects in baseball at the time, Spencer Torkelson, got up there with two strikes. He he didn't he wasn't attentive to the pitcher in time. He, he had a pitch timer violation, automatic strike, strike three, and he had to sit down. And he never had a violation ever again. And that that's really ultimately how you get <laughs> wow. Wow. how you get enforcement is when when guys strike out on automatic strike or when you walk somebody on automatic ball. That's how that's how you get change. And the adjustment period in the minor leagues was about three weeks, three to four weeks. You know, the pitch timer rules rolled out there. We had multiple violations per game for that three-week adjustment period. And that's not ultimately what you want, but it's human nature. It takes about that long to adjust to something that's significant. And then, and then the cool part is after those three, four weeks, we averaged uh, half a violation per game, both teams combined. So your 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 team, on average, had an automatic ball or automatic strike assessed against them only once every four games. 
um, which is certainly you know something that that we could live with in order to get all the benefits of uh, better pace of play. Theo, which rule change of all of them do you think fans, not players, fans are going to look at and go love it? Because like I'm reading quotes from Eric Hosmer, he said. I hate when I hit one hard up the middle and a shortstop staying in there. Well, that's not going to be part of the way the game is going forward. Is it the pizza boxes Alex Cora referred to the bases as? <laughs> is it shifting? Is it pitch clock? Which number one fans will say to you, that's awesome? Yeah, ultimately, I think it's going to be the pitch timer. And and not because they notice the pitch timer, but because they notice the result of it. Pace which, of play. Which involves just a better better pace of play, a beautiful rhythm and flow to the game. The way, you know, if you, if you, you know, hop on YouTube right now and, and, and watch any game from your youth. And I was, the other day I was watching the 75 world series, Louis Tian on the mound. And mm-hmm. He got the ball. He got a sign and he fired like every 10 seconds. It's this beautiful rhythm. Like you're, every time you take a breath, there's a pitch being thrown. You can't turn it off. It's just so much, so much more happens. You know, these days, last year in the big leagues, you had to wait four minutes simply to see a ball put in play on average it takes four minutes in a 75 world series. It, it, it must've been half of that because they're just getting the ball and firing. So I think fans are going to love the pitch clock the most, the, you know, and it's going to fade into the background the way you, when you go to an NBA game, no one goes home and says, Oh, that 24 second clock was awesome, but you don't even notice it. But what you notice is this beautiful rhythm up and down the court shots being put up transition game. That's all caused by the 24 second shot clock the same way. Ultimately, where you're going to be left with, I think, is just a, a faster-paced, action-packed style of play, and you don't even notice the pitch timer after a few weeks. You know, Cap, that Theo's got the actual reel-to-reel. He's got the film. That's why I look faster. He yeah. actually laced From up his own 30s. film. Yeah, <laughs> got, that's what it was. He, he he didn't have like you know watching on television. Oh no, it was the old. He laced his own film. It was great. Like we in a movie theater. Hey Theo, when you come back to town, which of Jed's palatial estates do you sleep at? It's it's so hard, you know, when you, when you've got multiple mansions the way Jed does. It depends where he has his his household staff. You know, it depends which which place has been you know cleaned lately enough to snuff. So and also I, I you know times are times are tough for Jed, so he's renting out you know one and a half of the places there. I understand they're sharing <laughs> the other one out. So Jed Hoyer, slumlord. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Hey, man, we appreciate you taking time for us. Everybody back here misses you in Chicago. Yeah, I miss Chicago, and, and it's fun to be back. Look forward to seeing everyone in the bleachers at some point this year. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks Bye-bye. again. It is uh, Theo Epstein with us on the uh, CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Your chance at tickets to tip off the madness with Clark Kellogg and the Orange at Rivers Casino. We'll talk about that coming up next on Cap and J Hood. Cap and J Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. We will find out who had the worst weekends coming up at 9.35 here on Cap and J. Hood. Glad to have you with us here on this Monday morning on ESPN 1000. Our next guest is on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the CarX man. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you? We're well, thank you. We started the show talking about um, the conjecture that's out of uh, House Hall. Cap, you're, you're hearing things about Ryan Poles? So, Courtney, uh, great to talk with you. I was on vacay last week, but I'm on the phones talking to some buddies. A guy I went to school with went to is in the NFL scouting. He said, dude, there's a lot of smoke out there. He said, I'm not telling you from one person, two people. He said, a lot of smoke that Ryan Poles absolutely is thinking about trading Justin and drafting Bryce Young. Do you believe that? 
you know, he has to do his due diligence. And I know that we overuse that word in the sports world where you have to really exhaust all your options. I don't, I don't know if he believes, if, if, if Poles is looking at the quarterbacks right now, does he really believe that Bryce Young as a passer is that much more of an upgrade than Justin Fields? We know they can both make plays outside the pocket, but if you're really going to make that move and restart the rookie clock, you know, set your franchise probably back at least a year just because we can't expect this team to be worst to first next season. At least that's my philosophy on it. And, you know, putting a new quarterback in that situation and telling him to go, I, I just don't think you make that move. I mean, I, I can understand the thought of, well, if somebody comes in and offers you the world for Justin Fields, you absolutely have to listen. But unless it's an offer that has multiple first-round picks in it, maybe a player. I know that I laid out a scenario at ESPN.com where Carolina could potentially be a team that comes up uh, to try to get that, to try to, you know, gift them a, a massive haul, maybe including a Brian Burns of sorts, that you just don't do that unless you truly have something that you cannot say no to but if what it's if, an offer that has Justin Fields in it. But what if, I said this to Hoodie, what if Ryan Poles emerges from a four day darkness retreat and looks in the mirror and goes, Bryce Young's a better football player, and he's a better fit for what I want to do. Then then that's his prerogative. I mean, he's being paid to generally manage this team. So if he truly thinks that, then sure. Yeah, I could absolutely see it if he really believes it. But, you know, remember what he said back in January that he would have to be blown away, and you're going to have to prove how blown away you are if you do move on from Justin Fields. Like, I know we've heard the conversation from um, all over ESPN right now, and Todd McShay calling Bryce Young a mini Mahomes. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I wish we would stop comparing guys and setting them up for failure yes. by saying that they are like you know quarterbacks who just won two Super Bowls. I think Zach Wilson got that same comparison last year. So I don't think that, I think Poles, if he's looking at this and evaluating the quarterbacks, he's probably pumping the brakes on making any sort of comparison like that. But if he truly thinks that, then you know you don't ever want to be in the spot again where you have the number one overall pick. And this is your chance. Like, you don't get many cracks at the, uh, you know, many bites at the apple to get the quarterback spot right. So I think that he owes it to himself to exhaust all options. But in the end, I think they do end up staying with Justin Fields at that spot. You know, when we look at the rest of the draft, we're so locked in on number one, and rightfully so. Everyone's talking about it. What are some of the other needs you believe the Bears will definitely address in the draft first? Well, that's like with the, with the trade back scenario, Hoodie, I think that they need to get. Somewhere in be somewhere in the thirties uh, with the second round pick because right now the gap as it currently stands it goes from one to fifty four which is the Ravens' second round pick because they traded theirs to, to Pittsburgh so they've got to be able to capitalize on that run of edge rushers that we're expecting to go late first round early second so certainly looking at shoring up the defensive end spot as you saw on Friday night they released Al Kadeen Muhammad which is not a surprise by any stretch he he really struggled in this scheme, but I think that you can address that need, offensive tackle, late first round, early second. Um, And on day two, I mean, maybe that's where you start taking a stab at some of these receivers. Remember, it's not that loaded of a draft class where you can comfortably find somebody late day two, early day three. So if they want to get somebody that, you know, they're probably out of play for, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the kid from TCU, that might go mid-first round if they've already, you know, let's say in my scenario, they've already traded back and they're drafting, you know, anywhere between 4 and 10. Um, That's probably the sweet spot to find someone because you don't want to wait until day three because it's just the depth of that group is just not there this year. So what is realistic to hope for next year? I know there are all these people in town who feel like, well, they'll trade down to two and get 42 number one picks and then go to four (laughs) and then go to nine and we'll be in the Super Bowl next year. It's not that easy. So what is realistic to hope that the Bears can accomplish in 2023? I said this last week. I think that the incremental improvement, because Poles doesn't want the 2018 or 2019 blip on the radar, and then you're starting over again. Or what happened, you know, early 2000s as well. You have one or two good years, and then, you know, you fall off again, and you're constantly in the stage of state of trying to catch up. So I think going from three wins to eight wins would be a massive step for this franchise, and then eight wins to 11 or 12 12 wins in 2024 would be 
the ultimate goal because I don't think anybody walked in realistically and thought this was going to be a one-year turnaround, that after getting gutting this roster and then getting you know, the worst possible outcome of a 3-14 and 14 season that you'd be able just to pick up the pieces. Sure, the roster's going to improve a bit. It, it should. I mean, they're going to spend a lot of money in free agency, probably have you know, a couple of those big fish, first, first wave of free agency guys come in. But you also have the draft, and you also have to realize that there's more holes on this roster as it currently stands than, um, than answers right now, which I, I think will lead you to incremental improvement over the worst-to-first scenario. We're just blessed to have you as you've been slumming it and uh, going to Northwestern basketball games. You're following them like it's a Beyonce concert. It's amazing. So if you ever see uh, Courtney, she'll have the Chase Audis jersey on. (laughs) I can't can't believe it. it. Like, I went to two in a week. And, of course, the one on Wednesday was because Indiana was playing. But after Northwestern won, I knew that I had to be part of the biggest week in Northwestern basketball history, maybe ever. So, uh, I, you know... To, to, to quote all the Northwestern fans out there, rank them, you cowards. So I hope when the AP Top 25 oh. comes out tomorrow that we see that. Oh, chesty. Uh-huh. Very. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, 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 Northwestern. Led, led by the, the great uh, Dave Edit says, rank us, cowards. All right, and so that means that this continues, right? You go to Champaign on the 23rd. You've got to keep it rocking. So you've got to go to Champaign. Northwestern gets Illinois. Big game, right? I mean, yeah, and Penn State at home, I believe, is senior night. I mean, I think I have to be at the Combine, but I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> it's a, wow. I mean, hey, if you're going to jump on, I told Courtney, I said, you want to watch basketball in this town? The best basketball team is Northwestern. Yeah, because I'm not watching the Bulls anymore. Like, we've made – I've come, to the, um, I've come to the realization that I wasted my time here in January and February thinking that, hey, I've got the offseason. I can enjoy the Bulls again. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it to myself. I'll probably like check in here and there, but I don't want to hate watch them like Sylvie was talking about. Uh, you know, we're we're coming to the combine. I know. I heard it's, it's, you guys are going to be there on the th- first, right? We come in on the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. Little say no mos for dinner. You're welcome to okay. join us, and then we do the show from five a.m. Central, six Eastern till ten. A four hour extravaganza. Well, that's perfect. You guys can roll in from Prime 47 into the convention center at 5 a.m. from your night out and then do the show right then and there, as everyone does in Indianapolis. I'm already tired. Courtney, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Take care. You're the best. That's Courtney Cronin with this Cap. Love Courtney. You You know what? She was here three days last week, right? She she was. that? Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Comics Man. Worst Weekends next on Cap and J. Take that.